Welcome to the wonderful world of dance, bringing you exclusive interviews with top dancers and choreographers and reviews of the world's best companies across the globe. You can find lots more on our website at thewonderfulworldofdance.com. Hi, this is Savannah Saunders from The Wonderful World of Dance, and today we're going to be taking a look at the famous Edinburgh Fringe Festival, the largest arts festival in the world, and the dance that's being showcased there. I'm excited to introduce Christina Elliott, the senior producer from The Place, which is London's leading contemporary dance training, creation and performance house, and home to the London Contemporary Dance School. This year, The Place is taking four shows to the Fringe. So let's hear from Christina, all about the dance that's being showcased at the festival. Hi, Christina, thanks for joining us. Hi. So before we talk about the festival, let's talk about The Place. Uh, so the place is a um, centre for contemporary dance um, near Euston um, and it's a place where people come to watch dance, to take part in dance classes, to train to be professional dancers. Um, and so in any one day around the place there will be people enjoying taking part or watching dance in lots and lots of ways. Well, I have to say I've taken the uh, odd ballet class there actually for quite a while. I took a ballet class. I'm a, a really big fan. I think the building is really, really beautiful. I've seen shows um, in the theatre, which is a wonderful theatre. So I'm really excited to be talking with you today. I'm really interested to talk to you about your role as senior producer. What mm -hmm. does the role of a producer entail? Uh, well, my role at the place um, is to uh, develop uh, new projects, um, put the partnerships in place with uh, other organisations and artists um, to, to make projects happen and then work with a team of six uh, producers, project managers, assistant producers um, to deliver those projects. Um, and it's a, really, um, it's a really lovely role because I'm there right at the start um, of projects, dreaming up what, what they can be. So what does your sort of typical day like? Do you have a typical day? Uh, well, it's always different. Um, it always involves lots of meetings. Um, and, uh, but that's a really great part of the job, um, meeting with uh, artists um, to talk about um, uh, perhaps a show they might uh, put on in the theatre or um, uh, a project that we might commission or um, a project that we might produce with them. Um, I also uh, meet with um, funders, um, other venues, um, partner organisations in the dance sector and beyond. Um, and as is normal for a big organisation, lots of internal meetings as well. Um, and, uh, and, and I also, um, as, a, as a programmer for the theatre, um, I spend time going to sharings, work in progress, um, showings, performances by artists who might want to programme. Um, and also I, um, I work on uh, early stage producing um, of artist projects that we're working on, so uh, funding applications, um, uh, commissioning partnerships, um, tour booking, um, putting the creative team in place for projects. That sounds like a very, very busy day. Um, I wanted to ask you as well, what inspired you to become a producer? Is this something that you knew you wanted to do or how did you come to become a producer? Um, I've, always, I've always loved 
going to the theatre, going to see dance. Um, but I'm not a dancer, I'm not an actor. Um, and while I was at university, I realised that um, it was the behind the scenes, the, the organising that I was best suited to. Um, I started my career at a producing organisation called Fuel, which is a theatre producing organisation. And, and it's, a, it's a wonderful company um, where I learned um, to start from scratch every time. So every project we did, there, were, there was never any precedent. So whether it was um, producing a show that took place in complete darkness or um, tiny performances in garden sheds or a show um, which took place in a hotel made of shipping containers, um, we had to start right from first principles every time. And I think, um, I think that's uh, a useful um, way of thinking as a producer to, to really um, to build um, uh, from, what you've, from what you've got from the, the start, not assuming that it's going to be like anything you've done before. So you've been with the place now about three years. What, right. what are some of the other projects that you have been working on? Or uh, I think you've, you've introduced a couple of projects um, which are almost quite flagship projects now. Tell us about some well, of those. Well, I've, I mean, one thing that I've really enjoyed working at the place is building partnerships um, beyond the dance sector um, and really working with artists to build audiences um, beyond London and beyond, um, beyond sort of traditional dance audience. Um, so a, a good example of that is the um, Rural Touring Dance Initiative, a partnership with uh, the NRTF, National Rural Touring Forum, um, China Plate and Take Art, where um, we identified that uh, there, isn't, there isn't a huge amount of dance touring rurally and we wanted to address the quantity and quality of, of dance. Um, so um, we have been working for the last few years on that and it's a project which is ongoing and, and hugely rewarding because um, taking dance into, into village halls and that, that connection that you have with an audience when they're just a few feet away from the dancers is really special. Um, and, uh, and another of those projects is, is the one that we're going to talk about a bit more, our um, uh, programme at the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, where we're really, um, we're really excited to take um, dance up to that uh, curious cross-art form audience who, who don't really care that it's called dance, they're just interested in great performance. You, before we talk more about um, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, you were just talking then about uh, taking dance out of, well, London where you're based, but out into, you know, broader community. Mm. Um, T tell us about sort of how that fits in with the, the vision for the place, which is quite a, a prominent you know, building in, in London. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, the place has always been very outward focused and, and we have a, um, a resident touring dance company, the Richard Alston Dance Company, which has is, is always toured nationally and internationally. Um, but I think um, in terms of our artist development support, it's a recognition that increasingly... Um, artists really want to um, reach out beyond their peers, um, reach beyond their local audience. And that, um, as producers, one of the, the main ways in which we can support them is to, is to help them to do that. Um, uh, and, uh, and I think um, 
I think it, it can enrich um, a performance, a dance performance, if you're bouncing it off um, different audiences. The responses you get will be different. People will laugh at different moments. Um, I think that shows that um, tour, I think uh, the artists tell me that they learn a lot about their own practice. Um, as well as that that piece becoming more robust and stronger. Um, so we really we work really hard to build um, substantial tours for artists so that they can yeah they can can reach beyond the audience that they might um, achieve on their own. So it's quite interesting when you you mentioned that actually it's also the artists that really want to take their their shows and their performances out into the community and to see that different response um i guess you know some people might think well actually they would have just preferred to stay on the sort of you know the bigger wonderful stages of london but it's great to hear that actually they want to go out and and take their performance to the people yeah and i think um you know, again, the rural touring is a really good example of that. Ben Duke um, from Lost Dog, who's been touring Paradise Lost um, around village halls for the last year, is a total convert. Um, and uh, and to hear to hear artists talking about touring as a joy rather than a, a chore is is really lovely. Um, I think I think um, I think another another aspect of touring that we're interested in is is. And taking dance to outdoor spaces because there's clearly real demand and um, more and more outdoor festivals um, are popping up and um, demand for the sort of the quality and innovation in dance in those outdoor spaces as as in the theatres as well. Absolutely. So, well, let's talk about the the big Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which has kicked off and is celebrating their 70th anniversary. Now, this festival is normally known more for its comedy and theatre. Um, tell us about Dance at the Fringe and why you think Dance at the Fringe is so important and innovative right now. Well, there's always been really great dance at the Fringe and um, venues like Dance Base and Zoo Venues have always had really strong dance programmes. There's always been dance in the International Festival. Um, but I think the really exciting thing um, for Dance at the Fringe now is that um, dance uh, doesn't always look like what you might expect dance to be. So um, lots of brilliant dance artists are taking influences from circus, from theatre, live art, visual art, to create um, kind of genre-busting work where the categorisation doesn't really matter. And the Fringe is a really great outlet for that um, because I think um, you've got audiences up there who are willing to take a punt, they're willing to experiment on something that they wouldn't necessarily were they back in, in London or, or their hometown. Absolutely and you mentioned there about um, some of the innovations. I think it's quite interesting how new media and technologies are is influencing dance and the presentation of dance. Um, can you talk a bit about how you think that new technologies and digital technologies are affecting dance? Yeah, I think um, I, mean, I think for sure it's influencing how we um, find out about dance and how we um, how we tell our friends about it and how we um, how we share our experiences of it via via social media um, and and I think there are some some great examples of, of new technology being used 
used in performances as well. Um, I mean, in a way, you know, the fringe is what's what's wonderful about the fringe is um, is also what can be hard about it, which is that um, it doesn't necessarily suit um, technically uh, difficult or demanding work. Um, and so for me, what's great about the fringe is the real live connection with an audience and kind of coming back to that. Um, so some of the work that I've enjoyed most at the fringe is where you're, you know, you're just a few meters away from the performer and, and, um, and it's very different to seeing something on the main stage at Sadler's Wells or even at the place. Absolutely. It is, there is often that sort of physical gulf between the, the artist and the performance and being able to be that close and feeling almost a part of the performance or being drawn more physically or emotionally or intellectually into the performance would be obviously wonderful, particularly for new audiences who don't normally go to dance or, as you say, are going to see some dance which perhaps they're thinking, oh, this isn't the type of dance that I was expecting to see when I go see dance. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us about the four shows that the place is taking up to the Fringe Festival. Yeah, well, they're all completely different, which is lovely. Um, we have Luca Silvestrini's Protein um, with Border Tales. Uh, and this is a show that Luca made uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and it's it, it's looking at um, stereotypical thinking in the UK and looking particularly at the experiences of the performers who, who come from various different backgrounds and who who um, reflect on um, experiences of migration and prejudice, I suppose. Um, and it feels really resonant to bring it back now um, post the Brexit vote. Um, and that's really what we're seeing up in Edinburgh is that audiences are really responding to that. Um, we have James Cousins Company um, with Rosalind, which is a show that um, James made in South Korea as part of the British Council's uh, Shakespeare Lives commissions. Uh, and, and it follows um, uh, Shakespeare's heroine from As You Like It, Rosalind, as she navigates um, the ordered um, uh, hierarchical um, society versus the, the much freer kind of neon wonderland of Seoul. Um, and uh, it's a kind of quietly political and um, very feminist piece um, and beautifully danced. Um, we have uh, Rosemary Lee's installation, Liquid Gold is the Air, um, which is a film, a triptych of um, uh, films that uh, she made based on a piece, an outdoor participation piece in Milton Keynes a few years ago. And it's in Greyfriars Kirk, which is a very beautiful church in the centre of Edinburgh. And it's just in the little chapel in the corner. And it's really the place to go if you want to escape uh, the bustle of the fringe. Um, and then opening in the last week as part of the British Council showcase, we've got uh, Fagan's Twist by Tony Adigan and Avant-Garde Dance. Uh, and it's a hip-hop contemporary um, dance retelling of Dickens' Oliver Twist um, from the perspective of uh, Fagin, the villain. Um, and it's an energetic, dynamic um, 90 minutes uh, of dance um, and, and a great one to bring the family to um, people who, haven't, uh, who, who perhaps don't go to dance very often. Um, 
That sounds like a fantastic program, even just those four, which I guess reflects the whole um, dance spectrum up at the fringe. You've got tropical, you've got international, you've got some great hip hop, quite family friendly, a film in a chapel. I mean, it just sounds magnificent. Um, I wanted to ask you also about the, um, the award that the place is sponsoring, the Total Theatre Award for Dance. What do you think the panels will be looking for? Well, I think they'll be looking for um, dance, which is formally innovative. I mean, that's really at the heart of the Total Theatre Award, um, is work by independent artists, which, um, which isn't easily categorised. Um, and um, so two years ago, the, the, um, it was a company of ice dancers who won it, performing on Murrayfield Ice Rink, um, which was just a perfect example of what we were looking for. Um, I think it will be it will be won by um, uh, by a company who have made something which uh, really surprises us um, as a panel. Um, and the Total Theatre Awards are a kind of wonderful institution, and it's as much about the the conversation that goes into um, the awards um, as uh, as the awards themselves, because. Um, it's a it's a really rigorous peer led process, um, which uh, we're really excited to bring dance into the mix of, um, and and really um, talk about what what dance is now and and um, perhaps um, confound some expectations that there might be even within the industry, not just amongst audiences. So I understand that there's over 600 companies or productions that are being considered for the award. Yeah. How possibly, uh, I can't imagine how they would even come to a consensus, um, particularly as you say they're looking at innovation and perhaps challenging some of the, the stereotypical uh, perceptions of dance. It would be an enormous challenge. Yeah, well, 600 shows, that, that, that's not just dance shows. That's oh, okay. <laughs> that's the theatre shows as well um well right i mean right now there's a team of assessors who go and go and see everything on that list once um twice three times um and then there's a uh there's it's, i think it's an eight hour meeting where those assessors just um debate um and talk about what um what's the what's the best best that's out there and then they come up with a short list um, and then the judging panel goes to see that shortlist, and then there's another another long meeting where we talk about talk about the shows. So it's it it's known for being a very rigorous and and a very open and democratic um, process. Well, well, definitely be looking out for the the award winner for the dance category. Before we finish up, I wanted to ask you if there are any up and coming events at the place that you'd like to highlight. <laughs> Um, well, in September, you can uh, come along to Dead Club, which is uh, the latest collaboration um, from David Rosenberg and Franco Records. Um, they're known for making outdoor spectaculars, so the Electric Hotel, Motor Show, The Roof. Um, and this is the first time that they've made um, a show indoors. And you can expect it to be immersive, thrilling, surprising, um, quite unlike anything that you might um, expect to see at the place. Um, and that's on for the whole month. Um, so uh, we're really looking forward to that. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today, Christina. 
And if you're heading to Edinburgh, check out our Fringe Dance Hot List on our website for your definitive guide to the 143 shows that are on. You can also learn more about the place on their socials and website, theplace.org.uk. And if you do head up to the festival, let us know what you've loved or not loved. Tag us on your socials and we'll highlight your hot tips. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, etc. Have fun. Don't forget to subscribe. We've got some incredible interviews coming up with principal ballerinas and renowned choreographers. We love dance and ballet, and we hope you'll love us. Join us on Facebook and Twitter.